Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Alex Tossig, an encouraging advocate for our disabilities community and an empowering health coach for people of all abilities. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Alex Tossig, who's a health coach and Harry Potter enthusiast living in Oklahoma City. Alex is legally blind and is passionate about amplifying and celebrating disability culture in her city. An encourager, Hufflepuff, by nature, Alex relishes the opportunity to walk alongside people of all abilities as they pursue health in all areas of life. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you so much. I'm glad to have you. And this is our very first episode, so congratulations on being the first guest ever. Yes, I'm so excited and honored. Uh, See, you hear that enthusiasm already, so we're off to a great start. (laughs) Well, so Alex, we start this uh, show off with a kickoff question. Okay. And so we have that uh, set, and so here we go, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Mm -hmm. So what are the struggles and triumphs that have most shaped your life? Yes, I would say Charles and I love to kind of, in our conversations in the past, love to just go deep real quick. So this is just in, in uh, fitting with that. Um, I would say the things that have sh- really shaped me are my disability, my visual impairment, which I've had um, from birth, um, and my, my family in particular, their international um, background. My parents grew up as missionary kids, and so I started having international experiences um, going on trips with them when I was 14. Um, I went to Nigeria then for the first time. And so um, lots of different things about that have really uh, opened up my world at a young, young age. Um, and I think that lots of different aspects of my disability as far as um, social things, but also learning a lot about um, independence um, has really shaped me. So maybe that's a bit much. But No, um, no, that's great. Yeah. Um, no, it, it won't be too much. I think okay. that we can go there. Yeah. So, and on that point, uh, we're here on location at the Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Yes. This is where I work um, as a as a secretary um, by day. So in addition to being a health coach, that's something that I do. So it worked out for us to meet here. And it's right over by the, um, if for those familiar with OKC, it's right over by the state capitol. So we're kind of tucked away. Not a lot of people know about us. But uh, I don't think, Charles, I don't think you had been here before we, before we met and 
interacted first. No, that's right. This was my first time. Well, this is my second time to come here, mm -hmm. or maybe right. a couple more. But yeah. uh, the first time that I officially came and got a tour, which was yeah. pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And I definitely suggest calling ahead for that. You know? Yes. <laughs> Don't just come in. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but it really is an education. So those mm -hmm. listening, and uh, definitely go online and find out more about this facility. And, and it's right next door to the wildlife department. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so. You might get confused, but when you walk in, you'll, you'll know pretty quickly if you're in the right building. Exactly. Can't get a fishing license here. <laughs> and people have tried, I imagine. Yes, they have. We, and we, so that's a pretty easy fix. When they ask for that, we say, oh, you're in the wrong place. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so back to some of those events that, that really shaped you, mm -hmm. that have most shaped your life. You mentioned being uh, visually impaired from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the, the key... Uh, maybe memories or, or initial experiences you had mm -hmm. um, in your life that, that impacted you specifically in terms of vision? Right. Well, um, in my childhood, there was a lot of work done to um, facilitated by my parents to make sure that um, I am as independent as possible. Um, that is every parent's goal for their for their child but um, when you have a when you have a child with a disability that really gets pushed to the forefront and you may need to take some extra measures in terms of like education um, or just additional supports um, I uh, and even even above and beyond, like making sure, you know, I had large print books in school and my parents made sure to facilitate that with my teachers and things, but um, the, the whole educational system. But then also that my parents really made it a priority for me to know and meet other people who have visual impairments and other disabilities. I went to a... Um, I went to a summer camp for kids with disabilities and their siblings. I think the first time I went to Camp Barnabas, which is near Springfield, Missouri, I was eight years old. Um, and so that really, those things, that really, that experience really shaped me meeting other people who were like me and pe meeting people who had all kinds of different abilities who could not do, quote unquote, the things that, um, that other people could do. And so I learned, I think I started learning at that point that um, I'm not the same as everyone else, but, uh, but I can do all the things that everyone else can do. Um, and so that was just a very poignant and, uh, and pointed, I guess, um, realization to have had at a pretty young age. That is, that's extremely powerful and informative mm -hmm. because you were, how old did you say that you were? Um, the first time I went to Camp Barnabas, I was yeah. eight. Eight years old, yeah. yeah. So yeah. preteen at those, whatever age that is, about second grade or so mm -hmm. level, second, third grade. Right, right. Yeah, and you were there with... Now, did you take any of your siblings along with you? Uh-huh, oh, yes. Okay, so this yes. is a real family sibling kind yes. of approach. Yes, and so what was so incredible about that was that uh, my, I think it really helped um, my siblings, you know, they, they split it, they, in, the, in the camp, they split it up, uh, the cabins between 
people who had disabilities and siblings. So for my brother and sister, they were in cabins with other people who have siblings who have visual impairments. So it's a, that's a really kind of niche role to have and they got to, they got to experience, uh, experience that and kind of meet other people who were in a similar life situation even to them. So that was really impactful for them. And I think the message that it sent to me was, um, you know, there is, first of all, you're not alone um, in your, uh, in your, in your disability, you know, there are plenty of other people who have similar struggles, but also, um, uh, it can be, you know, it was summer camp. We swam, we did ropes courses, we rode horses. So it was a very empowering and encouraging environment where it was really enforced that you may have to go about it a little bit differently, but you can do anything that, that anyone else can do. Um, and I mean, as I've grown up, I've kind of tested the limits of that and realized maybe there are some things that I, you know, like we all do, <laughs> maybe there are some things that I can't do or that I'm really not very good at, but th those things don't have to do with my disability directly. I think it's just more, you know, realizing that, oh, everyone has limits. Everyone has giftings and abilities and things like that. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, for really diving deep into that because yeah. that's something that I did not know about you. I don't remember that experience coming up in any of our conversations. That's, right. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It really, um, meeting people, um, of all different abilities. I think that's what's given me such a, um, that's what's given me such a wide, lens as I we as we kind of mentioned I'm passionate about um in in my fancy little bio <laughs> we mentioned um that uh I have a passion for kind of bringing the disability community together and I think Camp Barnabas was really a proving ground or a place where I really learned that proving ground isn't the right word but where I really learned that um there are so many different people with so many different types of disabilities and really we have more in common than than we have that's different and uh so that that really put me gave me a glimpse of a lot of those people and it made me want to connect with them as i've grown up which i think is a very unique experience it really is from my my point of view as well mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we have talked at, at length and depth about, mm -hmm. about your passion and your vision for um, working with the disability community. And, mm -hmm. and we can go there now if you like, because it's a natural segue. Yeah, you know? And so what are some of the uh, factors that really drove you or continue to drive you in, well, you mentioned finding more in common than, right. than we have mm -hmm. uh, different. Mm -hmm. But in working with the disability community as a whole, mm -hmm. with various disabilities coming together in some mm -hmm. way, what, what inspired you to do that and what are some of the factors involved in your work? Right. Um, well, I think what inspired me to do it was uh, not having much of a 
much of a community. I know I spoke about Camp Barnabas and I was also involved in some, uh, again, thanks to my parents, um, involved in some blind and visually impaired uh, support groups as I was as a child. So that put me in touch with more of a community. But after that, I was mainstreamed in school. So I just went to a typical, I went to Deer Creek, um, which was wonderful. Um, and I did meet, you know, obviously there are, there are people with disabilities sprinkled everywhere if you look for them. So it wasn't that I didn't meet anyone else who had a disability, but it wasn't, it was more about assimilation, I think. And let, and I don't use that to, you know, to say that it, my identity was squashed or anything, but it just wasn't wasn't a common, I didn't meet very many other people who had disabilities. And so then when I was kind of trying to wrestle with, I think, I think we've talked about how I would say my college experience, um, I went to college think with this super empowered attitude that I'm just like everyone else. I can do anything that anyone else can do. And I kept that um, for the most part, but when I graduated, I actually, I moved back home, moved back in with my parents, and I started to, when I was back with people who knew me um, really well and knew my, my disability and how that, um, uh, just how that affects me and impacts me, I kind of started visiting with my parents and realized that some of the things that I had struggled with in college were due to my disability and I didn't even realize it. And so, and I can get into what some of those things are, but the main, the main takeaway from that is just to say that, um, there was an, un I, I was not aware of how my disability had impacted me. And so, and I have thought to myself that, well, if I was in community with other people who have disabilities, I might have more awareness and also just a different vibrant community to be a part of. Um, so, uh, so just, I guess I've found that that really doesn't exist yet in a way that, um, in a way that I feel really, um, just in a way that I want, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a young-ish person who um, I want to have, you know, I want to have fun. I want to, um, I want to engage with others and, and um, activities that are, that are enjoyable in addition to just connecting over conversation. And in the disability world, it's a lot of it is, um, a lot of community is, these support groups are great and these um, these committees and things like that, but a lot of them are focused around activism, which is so important. I struggle with I struggle with even saying that because when I say, oh, I'm not interested in activism, I worry that people will think, well, you know, I realize that's a very privileged kind of position to have because there are a lot of people who who have to campaign for their rights. They don't have. They don't have a. They don't have a choice. They wish they had the luxury of not thinking about it, you know. But and that's where I am. That's the. That's the privilege that I have. So, um, 
But I just find that in disability spaces and communities, there's so much about activism and so much involving like employment and uh, and making making our communities more accessible, which again is very important. But what I am passionate about as a social person is how can I engage with people in a fun social way who have who have disabilities? You know, there are lots of people with lots of different identities who get to um, who get to go to a club or a um, they get to go to a some type of gathering or there's a there's a um, online space or maybe in their workplace they just they work with a lot of people who are they interact with a lot of people who are like them and they get to really choose that and it's fun. I haven't had that. So I'm interested in exploring that more and, um, and create, trying to create some of that community and some, some positivity and some fun around and some pride around the identity of disability. So, um, so yeah, I guess that that's what I'm passionate about, and I um, I'm very much still in the journey of figuring out what that looks like and what part I have to play in it. Um, I let me see. Um, I and I I it's a growing process for me. I have really walked through a lot of. Um, it's easy to blame and shame, you know, the community that exists now to say, oh, you aren't meeting my needs. You aren't what I need, what I need and want you to be. But I've, what I've kind of realized after sitting with those feelings a while is that it's my, it can be my job to, uh, to help create that and foster that and find other people who want to do the same so yeah that really brings it full circle alex and thank you for sharing that because uh, as you started off with this um uh, this portion of our conversation you mentioned this just doesn't exist what what you're envisioning how you see that the disability community could be coming together Mm-hmm. just doesn't exist. It didn't exist for you in the ways that you thought it might be able to or that it should. Mm-hmm. And uh, the opportunities that you saw other people with other abilities uh-huh. having uh, that you were not privy to or didn't have access to or just for whatever reason couldn't do that, right. those opportunities weren't there. Right. And um, along these lines, some of our listeners or maybe many of our listeners may not understand the various challenges that, um, that the disability community faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, one example that I wanted to bring up just from my own experience, you invited me to uh, Dining in the Dark, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. was fantastic. And this was at, uh, I still call it the Cowboy Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't know what the $10 word is. Yeah. Western yeah. Heritage something something? Yeah. Okay. And it was a really a, a formal dinner and we were served and it was, and we were blindfolded. Mm-hmm. All the guests at the table were blindfolded. And, and then you were our host, our table host. Mm-hmm. And so the experience, the idea was for uh, people like me, I guess we could say more sighted people. Able-bodied people. Thank you. Able-bodied. So I'm yeah. learning as I go too. Yeah. So able-bodied, I'm writing that down. Yeah. Uh, people can experience what it's like to be visually impaired while you're eating. And I'm telling you, that was a unique experience. Yes. It was, it was, I needed all the help I could get. 
for, with yeah. your with your guidance, and then also the sense of of isolation, mm-hmm. uh, of like what are other people doing? I can't see their body language. I I don't know where people are at. I don't know what their emotions are. I don't know what their their facial expressions are. Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm so glad that you that you did come to that. And you know, honestly, for me, um, that event itself is so important because that is a glimmer of what I would like to see. I would like to see people engage with disability in ways that have nothing to do with um, charity or I mean, I guess technically it was a fundraiser, but it was a fundraiser for the organization who sponsored it. So maybe not so much charity, but you know, um, when we think of disability, often we think of people who we need to pity mm-hmm. or people who, you know, we think of Tiny Tim, <laughs> you know, from, from Charles Dickens, right. or we think of, we at at the best, we probably think of people who we just don't know what to say to, you know, and and that happens sometimes, even even for me too. Disability, disability is a huge spectrum. I've met people who, you know, not just, I mean, um, my, my best friend is a wheelchair user, so I'm not at all uncomfortable with, with wheelchairs, but, you know, when you meet someone who, um, uses a, uses a device to, to speak, um, you know, has, has the, I guess, simulated speech, or I don't, I don't even know what to, what that, word is exactly, but someone who doesn't have the use of their own voice, you know, just who has a very maybe severe disability, you could say, that's not, that's not my, in my daily life. I don't know anyone like that. And so I get, I'm on the, on the, um, alert, like many people probably are around lots of people with disabilities of just feeling like, oh, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to say anything wrong. I don't want to, am I, if I talk to them, are they going to think that I'm just talking to them because they have a disability? And (laughs) (laughs) so, so those anxieties Mm -hmm. can be real for me too, you know? Um, but, uh, but they are, it's important to, it's important to get over them because, so anyway, um, Dining in the Dark just provides a great opportunity for us to maybe learn a little bit about, um, about how people with um, one particular disability navigate the world, but also um, just a way to engage with disability that is so positive and fun and inviting. Those are not things that um, that happen often, uh, in my in my experience. Um, and also, you know, it's for people. It's well, it's it was put on by people who have disabilities, you know, which is another big issue. That there's lots of able-bodied people like yourself are wonderful, but when they are running the show of disability events and um, disability organizations. It's not very empowering for people with disabilities. You know, certainly we need everyone's help and a lot of these things are team a team effort. But, you know, if you had, it would have been very disappointing to me 
to show up to an event like Dining in the Dark and find out that there weren't any um, there weren't any people with disabilities or people with visual impairments on that board of the organization. It's by the way, it's called the Heartland Council for the Blind. I should right. give them a little plug. Yeah, Heartland they're... Council for the Blind. Yes, look them up. Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyway, so um, so they were they were involved, and that was that was very empowering and meaningful. Um, and by the way, I was the blind dining guide, so I didn't have to wear a blindfold. And thank goodness, because I uh, when when blind people when people who have no vision or have very very limited vision eat, they use a clock system which to say, you know, your potatoes are at 12 o'clock, your, uh, you know, your, your meat is at, um, is at six o'clock, you know, um, I, I have enough vision that I don't, I don't eat that way. So it would have been a learning curve even for me. And I think that's just important to say because the, there's such a spectrum in the disability community. It's huge, even, even among people who have the same, disability. It's, it's a spectrum. Um, so that's just, you know, we're, I think I'm grateful that we, we have this idea of the spectrum thanks to autism. You know, a lot of people know about, you know, severely autistic people. And then there are people who have very high functioning autism, you know? Um, and so visual impairment is the same. It's a, it's a broad spectrum. So anyway, um, that is, uh, that was just a great event and, and represents a lot of what I want to, want to do. Right. And so those that are listening, that are, that are keying in, this has been like maybe an educational portion of our conversation, reducing the stigma right. for, for certain, uh, recognizing that there's a full spectrum of disability. Mm -hmm. So these are individuals with very unique uh, living situations that they're right. dealing with, and they're all on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And it turns out when we really look at, this, this is me talking, yeah. when we look at the full scope of humanity, we're all on a spectrum of some kind. Absolutely. I, I agree. In, in general, globally thinking, we have more in common than we have different. Exactly. And, and we have differences, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and we have limitlessness in our lives, but we also have limits. We have, you know, gifts and abilities, and we have things that maybe we're not so great at, you know? Right. And, and these types of conversations pull that out in hopefully a positive and purposeful way yeah. that, that folks that are listening in can say, oh, have I got an idea for Alex? Yeah. And if you do, guess what? At the end of the show, we're going to give you some ways that you can get in touch with her and follow along and maybe combine with her for some of these uh, ideas. Yeah. And I would also just say that, um, you know, uh, disability is, um, it's something that people in my life can, and, and probably people, you know, if you, if you who are listening try, you know, there's lots of, you may not have a disability yourself, but maybe you can relate to feeling isolated. Maybe you can relate to feeling, uh, disempowered. Um, maybe you can relate to feeling like, you're the only one who deals with XYZ or you have a problem that that feels very unique and huge and um, and you know maybe even feel like you you know look different than everyone else or or 
whatever, whatever the case may be, there are so many different ways that we can relate to each other. Um, and that is, it's important, I guess the two pronged thing of kind of highlighting the disability community is, you know, for one thing, I want us to be seen and celebrated for our, for our unique perspective and our unique lives that we have, um, and to not ignore disability. Um, but I also want to, uh, I want people to find connections and how they can relate, even if they don't have, um, as I, I'm gonna get ready to drop the $5 word for my, um, my vision problem. It's called, I was born with bilateral optic nerve hypoplasia. I learned it when I was six because I thought it was so cool. <laughs> I thought that's a $5 word that I want to hang on to. There's so, a change. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, um, yeah, I just I encourage people that even if you don't think that you can relate, you probably you probably can. And you probably maybe the person in the wheelchair that you feel uncomfortable talking to, maybe they have the same favorite movie as you. Maybe they like the same kind of ice cream that you do. You know, you could be having a ice cream pizza party with them and you know and and you're not because you won't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out exactly. on an ice cream pizza party. Exactly. It's exactly. just waiting to happen. Yeah. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I hope that, I hope that that, um, encourages people and it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely getting out of your comfort zone. So there's no, there's also no shame in feeling uncomfortable because we all deal. I mean, like I, like I said, I deal with, um, with that myself sometimes, um, when I mentioned earlier being uncomfortable with somebody with a disability that I haven't haven't interacted with before or seen before, you know, but it's worth it. It's worth it because connection is always better than the opposite, than disconnection, I, I believe, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're going to be best friends with everyone, but, um, but it's worth it to try. Right. That's, and you've, that's how I feel. Yeah, and you've given several really specific, simple ways to begin those conversations or mm -hmm. those dialogues mm -hmm. uh, with people. And so just attending events that you know that are going on in the community, um, seeing people in public spaces and not turning away. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think we uh, human beings have a lot of positive in intentions. Most of us want to find ways to connect. Right. versus ways to separate ourselves. Right. We, we have both halves. Yeah. <laughs> Each one of us wants to do a little bit of both. But yeah. I think more, more often than not, people want to find a way to get along with other people and understand right. who they are. I would also add something that's been extremely helpful to me is following people with disabilities on Instagram and Facebook, um, social media. You know, there are YouTubers, there are... Um, there are all kinds of people who are talking about their experiences and there's people with invisible illnesses and there are people with chronic pain. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways to learn and to grow. And the reason I like following people on social media is because it gives me a glimpse into that person's world and it also shows that person um, 
in the way in, they are expressing themselves and they are showing you exactly how they want to be seen. Um, so, so that is just so empowering. And honestly, it, it may not be, you know, oh, getting out in your community and doing something, but at the same time, it is exposing yourself to new ideas and new perspectives. So, and that's something that is very easy to do. Look up some hashtags, you know, hashtag disability pride, hashtag disabled and cute. You know, there are, there are so many of them. Um, so I would, uh, that's, that's a great way that we can all, and myself included, get involved. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's so important in our times, the social media aspect. And I follow along too with some folks in the disability community. And, mm -hmm. and when you read some of the posts, and there, there's a few that I, that I follow along with that are excellent writers, and they just have paragraphs of, of what their life is like. And it really gives me a window into the narrative of, of what their story is like. What's, what is it like to live in, for example, a body that has betrayed them or that betrays them more and more every day? Right. And, and yet they continue on. And some days they don't want to. And some days this and that happens. And you just read about what it's like to experience that life. And it's really a transformative experience to have that kind of um, even social media relationship with someone else, mm -hmm. it can be impactful. It has been for me. So yeah. a, another great tip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, I'm very um, active on social media. And a lot of that is just because I want to um, share my life with people um, just in general, you know, people who I'm close to, friends and family, but I also have a lot of pride in realizing that I am, I'm friends with people on Facebook who, you know, I use it as a networking tool, so, um, I don't know everyone personally, um, in person, you know, who I have on my friends list, and, uh, giving people the opportunity to see someone who is, loving life and very proudly has a has a disability is um, is not lost on me getting the opportunity to express some of my nuanced experiences is something that I I highly value and see as a privilege because um, because if if I don't talk about it if people with disabilities don't talk about it um, then then people won't know, you know? And I, and I say that again, that has a lot of privilege because there are a lot of people who, you know, who in the disability community. So I do want to say that not everyone wants to and not everyone has to and not everyone should. I, it's a joy for me, so I do it. Um, but, you know, and there are a lot of people who don't have the, don't have the literal energy to do that. It's all they can do to, um, have people in their, have loved ones in their lives and, um, and hold down a job if that's something that they can do. And, and that takes up all their energy and they don't have any for social media. And that's valid as well. But because I do, I want to use it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. what's working best for you. You're playing to your passions, your strengths, right. uh, your vision, your mm -hmm. Uh, really mission an evolving mission yeah um in the community and, and beyond yes which we can go there next because you also have some cool stuff going on with health coaching mm 
Yes. And so did you want to talk a little bit about that and, yeah. and the kind of work that you're up to there? Definitely, definitely. So yeah, I mentioned that um, I have been active, very active on social media. And the reason for that is, um, is because I am a health coach. I... I should have maybe it should have also been mentioned in my, you know, defining moments when we were talking about that at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I uh, in 2016, um, I embarked on a weight loss journey. I had I was weighing in um, at over 300 pounds before that point. Um, And I started working with a health coach and um, and also using some very specific uh, nutrition um, to fuel my body and tools to fuel and um, create new pathways in my mind as well. Um, and uh, the the company that I coach for is um, is called Optavia. And so um, I started that journey in 2016 and. Um, and now I am, you know, I'm literally half the person I was, um, which was made such a huge impact on me. Um, I had always been um, overweight, even as a even as a child. I um, it was something that I struggled with and just continued to battle it until tw- I was 27 when I finally found the right thing and started pursuing health. But that, um, so I guess I should say that um, when I started work as a health coach, the company asked me to, um, you know, asks all their coaches, you know, we, we, which is pretty common, I want to see, they wanted to see people living out loud via social media because that's kind of the best, um, not advertisement, but that's the best um that's the best way to see for other people to see, hey, this is a solution that could be effective for me. And so um, I, uh, so as I started kind of sharing more um, on social media because of this, I really uncovered, um, I uncovered a lot of, that's where all the disability stuff really came from. I'm, I'm, I have trouble sometimes with, circling thoughts that I pick up and don't know where to where to go with but I will but you mentioned um you mentioned the health coaching and so um after I it took me about two years to lose the weight because like I said I lost half a person um and uh at some point my health coach my health coach who I talked to about once a week um kept telling me Alex you would be really good at this you'd be really good at this. And I thought, um, well, I just don't, I don't have time. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't want to be, I, I didn't want to be a salesperson. I didn't want to be peddling something to people. I just did not feel good about that. Um, but she kind of my health coach, Amber really helped open my, open my mind to it. And she said, you're, I am, um, I am an encourager. I know that about myself. That's something that I kind of can't help doing um, is to encourage others. Um, and uh, but anyway, so uh, I decided to. What made me decide to try it was actually it had been. This was 
a year and a half into my health journey and I said, um, maybe this would be a great tool for my personal development. Um, maybe I, maybe it would, I just got an inkling, um, which I will say as a person of faith, I say inkling means, you know, the Holy Spirit, um, that uh, said to me, this would be really helpful for you um, to grow personally. And, and maybe you could find more time than you think that you have. And that has turned out to be true. So, um, and even all these passions I have for the disability community didn't even really get expressed or um, I had definitely thought about some different things, but uh, but my having my health, um, my my physical health, my ability to get out of bed in the morning without my knees hurting, but also my emotional and mental health of uh, of clarity and passion and drive has all been given to me. Um, and and so, from there, I've kind of said, okay, how can I use this? And so I want to, um, I want to help other people find that same, well, not the same, but find their own journey. You know, weight is a, I was very, talk about, we talked about isolation. I, I felt very isolated in my disability, but growing up with so much weight to lose, I felt very isolated by that. Um, I felt like uh, I, no one else in my family struggles with that the way that I do. So I just, um, I felt very alone and very helpless. Um, and like I didn't have, didn't have any discipline, <laughs> didn't have any self-discipline, um, didn't have any, anything that I could use to make a change. Um, and so my health coach walking alongside me is what, and, and the larger community that I've become involved in has really empowered me and showed me the gifts of vulnerability and accountability. Mm. Those were things that I, um, I was someone who could always, I'm pretty good at, um, at asking questions and at being interested in other people and encouraging other people. And when I was in a place that wasn't as emotionally healthy, I often used that as a smokescreen mm -hmm. to, you know, um, people love being asked about themselves, mm -hmm. you know? So it's really easy to uh, direct conversation. And, um, you know, I didn't, I was in a place where I didn't actually want to talk about myself. So, and I knew how to make it so that that would not happen. Um, and so, uh, so I had a lot of growing to do in vulnerability, um, being able to share with people really where I was struggling and accept grace both um, from other people and for myself. That's still a huge um, journey for me. I'm not there yet, but I've, I've, this has really helped me take some steps in a positive direction. And so I just get excited about offering that to other people. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. By going through your own journey from what I'm hearing, you, you've been there. Somebody walked alongside with you. Mm -hmm. You responded to the nudge yeah. of the Holy Spirit. You, yeah. know? you were listening deeply to the vocational call on your life. Mm -hmm. and, and you pursued this despite the challenges that, that it might represent, despite 
some of your own uh, beliefs about your capacity to do it, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And from what I'm hearing and what I see on social media all the time, <laughs> and from everybody's comments about your posts, you are, you are living it. You are living out loud. You are walking the talk. Mm -hmm. You're talking the walk. You're doing both. <laughs> and right. yeah, and, and what I've learned, at least in my own life, is I never have it. You know, there's moments right. where I'm like, oh, there, right. it's all together. And then right. five minutes later, because things are always changing. We always have something else to learn. There's always something to work on. Right. But there's also this, um, oh, this zone of, of rest and peace and, and wholeness. And what I hear you is speaking out of that place, of that place of purpose. You know, yeah. that's, you're, you're really responding to the call in your life. Mm -hmm. So on that point, when, if there are people that are listening and they're looking for a health coach, an encourager, uh, somebody in um, the disability community, a great person to know mm -hmm. and just be influenced by, how, right. how can they follow along with you, Alex? How can they uh, reach out to you? Right. Okay. Well, I would say um, you can definitely friend me on Facebook. Um, my name is just Alex Tausig, T-A-U-S-S-I-G. And, you know, if you want to drop me a little message to say that you, um, you heard about me through the Live Your Purpose podcast, that would be great so that I know who you are. Um, but, uh, and you can also follow along with my journey on Instagram. My handle is authentically, authentically, ugh, um, underscore Alex. Um, so there you go. Um, and, uh, anyway, I, maybe we can provide link links to something or, or we'll type it out so that when you look at it, you, you know, it'll be in the show notes. Perfect. You can count on it, but I want people to be able to hear it as well. That's great. Show notes. Charles is on top. I'm on it. They don't exist yet. <laughs> and I'm hoping this recording is working every once in a while. I just see flat lines on my computer screen and then all of a sudden they reappear. So right. we're going to trust the process here. Yes. Uh, one final, just random, but not so random note or question. Mm -hmm. Switchfoot. Yes. Okay, there we go. Switchfoot. What's your favorite Switchfoot song today? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> today, today, today. Um, I probably will go with the song Always. Um, it's on their Hello Hurricane um album and there's um i'm i thought of it just because there's a line that really spoke to me um i was thinking about today that um he says every hallelujah every breath is a second chance and for a perfectionist like me that's really important to know that i can start over just i don't have to wait another hour or another day or another minute just Every breath is a chance to start again. So that is a wonderful place to leave this. And John Foreman, if you're listening, I think your band is coming to town. So yes. invite us backstage, okay? Yep. All yep. right. Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, life purpose coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. 
To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.